2: Welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. What a week of Champions League football that we have had. Uh, Manchester United through when uh, they were effectively out uh, when the week uh, began. Uh, I I don't think many of us gave them any hope whatsoever. Uh, Real Madrid also out of the Champions League so for the first time in many a year we're going to be getting uh, a new name on the trophy. Um, To look back on the Champions League, to look ahead to the weekend, uh, I'm Aaron Flanagan and joining me as ever, Matt Lawless. How are you doing, mate?
3: Yeah, very well. I mean, incredible. Like you say, no one gave Man United a chance me included I'm delighted I'm wrong
2: yeah uh, and uh, Alex Richards here as well to talk uh, about all the football how are you doing Alex well, I was alright but freezing cold in this room Aaron I know we're in like a new studio here now um, yeah, did this is our last day in, in
3: this studio we we go to a new studio soon so uh,
2: yeah they, they said they, they built sad this, and
3: exciting times they give us
2: this nice new funky uh, studio and then they move us again next week so uh, <laughs> we'll enjoy it while we can we'll well, hopefully it's warmer yeah Alex won because he, he's freezing cold but I mean uh, back to the football what a game of football last night um, oh. there was um, if nobody else, we do these uh, preview videos if you, that you'll see all, about on the Mirror Football Twitter uh, me and Ibrahim, one of our colleagues, uh, previewed this game, and we basically went, There's absolutely no chance in hell that Manchester United get through this tie. But they did it. I mean, phenomenal achievement. It's just incredible. I mean, Manchester United have now won
3: nine of their last away games on the. Just, honestly, that that was phenomenal. PSG had them on the ropes. They really did. 2 0 at Old Trafford. The tie should have been dead and buried. Lukaku, then, I think he does fantastically well to score that first goal. um Capitalizes on the defensive error. But then one banana gets him back in the game, and Bappe you know turns on the stole but after that Mbappe was dreadful PSG were dreadful and Manchester United grew in confidence gotta be one of the most dodgiest uh, VAR calls I've seen for a long while and there's been a few of them but you know take nothing away from Manchester United because they deserve to go through and PSG perennial bottle jobs because they have bottled it once again so
4: that's what uh, you but, really think yeah <laughs> apart from
3: that I mean <laughs> they, honestly mate they it was there for them this season Real Madrid crash out you know PSG should have been full of confidence they'd beaten Liverpool already this season they laid down a marker at Old Trafford and then you know they just wasn't on it and you can't say they haven't got leaders in that team because they have but their leaders let them down Mbappe had a stinker for me and Gigi Buffon Dear, idea. Oh I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest goalkeepers of a generation, and um, you know you made the right rick of it. And I'm going to hand it over to Al now. He's just written a piece on you know how it was a, a costly decision.
4: Yeah, Alex, he looked old, didn't he? I think I think he looked like a goalkeeper who has seen better days. Definitely. Um, I thought their whole their whole display was was dire from from start to finish. There was that little bit of urgency when they got the goal, and then they they had a lot of the ball. They dominated in that respect. They never really troubled David de Gea particularly. Um, just sloppy, slow, no real tempo, and in the end, come back to bite them. You know, we can say whatever about VAR and the decision, but they got what they deserved. It was they did. a really shoddy display. Just there was um, nothing to it. It was it was like a PSG side that just thought we'll turn up and we'll win. It doesn't work like that. There was evidence of that in the first half where Mbappe
3: was trying the tricks, like he tried a back heel that was hopeless. It really was. And and at that moment, I thought, hang on a minute, Manchester United have got a chance here. They really can turn this tie on its head. And I, I, I really felt that Fred grew into it. Um, there's been a lot spoken about Fred this season, whether he's a flop or not. I thought he looked excellent in the second half. McTominay bossed it. He really was good. Really impressed by him. And, and, and Marcus Rashford. I mean, the, the confidence just exudes confidence from the spot. But another player, Lukaku, superb, really was. He looked like a well beater last night. There's been a lot of debate about Romelu Lukaku, whether he's good enough for Manchester United on the big stage. There's there's talk that, you know, he's a flat-track bully. But for me, he showed for why he's a world-class striker because... He, you know he got two valuable goals
2: yeah, well I think a lot of us looked at the Manchester United team and thought that uh, Romelu Lukaku's time with United is probably up as soon as Rashford got the uh, got the spot back you know uh, up front under Solskjaer you think this is Solskjaer's man Lukaku can't play anywhere else on the pitch he's, he's, he's a striker nothing else um, his time at United is probably going to filter out but I'll I tell you, it's actually really impressed me, Solskjaer that he's managed to find a way to adjust his style of play to get the best out of Lukaku. And the last two weeks, I think Lukaku has been absolutely superb. And uh, whether he can maintain it, you know, it's another it's another question. But he's uh, he's hit the it's great the man
3: management as well, Aaron, because you know when he first came in, Lukaku probably wasn't in uh, top form, maybe not at his uh, peak fitness either. And you know he, he's, he's rested him, and he's probably been telling him behind the scenes that he's the best thing since last bread, and he's believing it now. He's he's confident. He's confidence sky high and you know you just seen what an effect that has and that's the other thing I love about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is he doesn't make any excuses any other manager I think would have gone into that time gone, God you know we've got 10 players out you know it's going to be a real struggle for us actually he was like look it gives our squad a bit of a fresher look because we've got players coming in who have got more energy and got a bit more hunger and he just gives every player in that squad belief that they are contributing to the cause and for me that's great to see and every player's subscribing to to his um, to his management and I can't understand why they haven't given him the permanent job yet. I suppose there's a few loopholes to get through with Mould as well. Of course, it, there's debate whether he has or he hasn't got a contract. He says he hasn't, but there's some understanding that he might have had a verbal agreement with him. But for me, he's, he's going to get the job.
2: Yeah, I, I, I do think Solskjaer is going to get the job. Um, you mentioned excuses there. Now, I found this one interesting. What we've seen of Solskjaer so far, he absolutely is going to get the job. It absolutely will be the right appointment for Manchester United. We've not actually seen him challenged yet because the winning, the winning, the winning. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen to Solskjaer, how he starts reacting now, and does his mentality change you at the point? You
4: don't think that losing 2-0 in, in the first leg at home, no, I'm, going I'm, away I'm
3: talking, with like all these injuries
2: and suspensions, is a challenge? I'm, I'm, no, no, obviously it is. I'm talking more of like, how does he respond when the going gets tough to the point where um, they they don't win in three games? Because it will happen at some point. That's football. It does happen to, to every team. Can't see but, it in a minute. Exactly, it does yeah, seem a yeah. while. Well, but when it does happen, are we going to see a change in mentality? Because at Cardiff, I know it's a completely different situation. Cardiff are not expected to go on winning runs uh, or in that situation. Yeah. I, I I don't know whether he... He didn't convince me as the, no, the motivator he, that he's showing at Manchester United. So I just feel like there's there's still a little like 2% of me, which is like... Yeah, I take your point. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how he reacts when that
3: happens. Yeah, I take your point. I think at Cardiff, it was a different situation, different club. And, and also, it was a different time in... in moment in time for him you know he was he was a lot more raw as a manager um i think he's learned a lot since then but manchester united he knows that club inside out he's bought into the ethos of that club when he was a player and he, that you know he's just taken that forward as a manager and i think for me that is why whatever happens he will stay as he is and that's why i think he doesn't have those excuses fergie didn't have a you know from from you know, he took everything on himself. he was the manager and I think Solskjaer is really embodying that Fergie spirit in a sense. Um but what what is interesting is that Solskjaer at this moment there's no great expectations it's just whatever is happening Man United fans are just overwhelmed by it and I think it's brilliant nobody thinks that yeah, if they get knocked out next round he has been a success and if they finish in the top four it's been a massive success so I think for me the judgement will come next season once he stays at the club and whether he can sustain a proper title push with that squad and then you'll see whether the change in attitude comes because as you've seen with um, Jürgen Klopp recently he's blaming the wind blame in the wind I mean how does that go down in the Liverpool dressing room <laughs> You know, so I do take your point but I think at this moment in time Solskjaer is he's well in control I think, I think
4: with your point the one thing that I would say is he is instilling in these players a belief that they can go anywhere and win football matches yeah. you know going to Paris they're behind they've got all these injuries Pogba suspended he insisted that this was a game they're Manchester United they're going there to win um, and that sort of belief generating that through his squad is something that when they do hit a bad run he'll just keep instilling it so it bodes well for even, for when they do ultimately lose two, three, four games not pick up wins he just has to keep that belief and keep maintaining it among the players that's
3: right and you can't turn on your team you know we, we've seen that with Mourinho when the game did get tough he singled out players and you know Players rightly rally behind players because they're the squad at the end of the day, and it's like me. If I came in every day and you know slagged all you guys off and you know just said you're rubbish every day, you wouldn't want to work for me. The atmosphere would be bad, but you know it's not like that, is it? So you have to you stick together when the going's good and you stick together when the going's bad. Yeah.
2: Um, what are the expectations for Manchester United? Oh, next brilliant, season, by the way. Uh, I've got to uh, say, thank oh, you, thank that. you. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, I know, I know. Pat myself on the back. <laughs> uh, what are the expectations for Manchester United next season? Because Solskjaer is going to get. The top, oh, I think I was there. but is that what it has to be is that the bar, is that the level that social set now that Manchester United have to be title challengers next season why,
3: why not they're Manchester United and I think that is what his attitude will be we're Manchester United we should be playing to win every game and playing to win every trophy when you listen to like the class of 92 like your Neville's, your skulls is that attitude has remained with him Rio Ferdinand they they play for trophies and it was always when you win the next when you win a trophy you You've got that taste for it. You've got that hunger to win another one, and I think that's why United are having such a good time in the minute. the Players are loving it, um, and I think because they're enjoying winning football games. Nobody enjoys losing. And for me, the title has to be their number one priority. Yeah. yeah. There is
4: a. Uh, did you ever watch Friday Night Lights TV program? Yeah. yeah, yeah. ITV4. Absolutely. In, it? in the second season of that, they got rid of their coach, even though we'd only had two games, and the reasoning behind it was uh, we're a team that don't just win games we win seasons Yeah, Manchester United are a club that win seasons yes. so they have to be in contention Yeah, yeah. Quite right. uh,
2: interesting uh, it, as, as I say it's uh, going to be fascinating following Manchester United over the next hopefully 18 months two years uh, of this of regeneration of Manchester United uh, just before we leave Manchester United uh, we alluded to it at the start VAR handball <laughs> at the end um, <laughs> does anybody in the room actually think it was a penalty Peter Walton Pete, got, he's own, but uh, <laughs> he's, he, he, he's winding me up here at Walton right because it's a couple of times now where he's been on as the referee pundit, and I just think he's been well, straight up wrong he just, I, I he just, just, think just he's defends
4: been the indefensible you've got three footballers in the studio who are all vehemently saying to you it's not a penalty and you're still arguing the toss over it yeah
3: I think you could go around the street now and I don't think many people will say it was handball unless they're Man United fans but if that was the other way around God this would be raging on massively. Yeah. Um, for me I was I was shocked well, I must say I was quite surprised that the commentary at the time didn't even bat an eyelid to the instant, and I said once he put that shot in, I said, "Oh, it looked like his arm there." Not not for a minute; it's handball. Well, There's there only
2: one. The,
4: the laws have changed, it, so perhaps it, it was handball.
2: There was only I mean. one player. Was, was it Dalot who had the shot, or it was, was, yeah, it? It? It, was it He was calling it, for it. Dallet, he was the only person who went
4: at first. Was it? It? Yeah, but yeah. he was calling for it because his shot was going 50 yards over yeah,
2: exactly. the crossbar. Yeah. That's what yeah. I yeah. thought
3: at first. I thought, hang on a minute, it's a bit of desperation because you know when you play football, you call for anything. Yeah. Throwing in it's come clearly yeah. off me, but I'm going to call anyway. I think United are lumping the
2: ball forward; they're going to appeal for everything, and as a referee, you expect um but oh, no, I mean news. was it a
3: penalty? Look, for me, not not at all. It's not an intentional handball, but yeah. you know, perhaps this is where the, the breakdown in laws at the moment there's such yeah. a such a grey area over some some laws at the yeah. moment. And if he's well, if he's hit the
4: hand then it's handball, isn't it? He jumps, he turns his back, he shouldn't turn his back, but that's another issue. Yeah. Yeah. Where his arms meant to go? You can't jump with your arms, especially turning no. with your yeah. arms stuck to your side. Yeah. So I suppose the referee's argument would
2: be that you know it does it all to the direction the ball's going in, and I suppose it was going well, towards the goal. Uh, to but me, that's, that's not even one of the considerations the referees are, <laughs> yeah. are, 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 are meant taking. The, the, the considerations are: is there a deliberate movement of the arm towards the ball? And in that situation, there's not. No, no, the, 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 the arm is not moving I've seen, deliberately. I see a lot of people saying, well, he makes himself bigger." well
4: he's jumping of he's, course jump, he is. He's, he's jumping to block of of a shot he's making himself it's, 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 it's and at that kind he game jump. as
3: well though. Like you just do anything you can yeah. To, yeah. to get the ball away um, so I think that was really harsh on PSG but you know absolutely yeah. delighted Manchester United done yeah. them over like that and again yeah.
4: as, as I said earlier they, they got what they deserved <laughs> yeah. because they treated the game with such contempt yeah it's just absolutely hilarious that they've been knocked out again. We've seen it time and
3: time again with PSG. I mean, I'll go back to that Barcelona game a couple of years ago. They were they're dead and buried, and, and you know one of the most miraculous comebacks of all time. I'd, I'd rate that Manchester United comeback up there as well, to be honest. Um, but Man United have got it all to do now. They really have. You know, they've, they've won one game. They're in the quarterfinals. They could get a horrible tie next, and for me. If I were them, I'd look to avoid a Premier League club. I wouldn't want to play another English team.
2: You could could, could potentially get a Manchester derby. We could end up with with four Manchester derbies in April, you know, providing you know they both maybe they draw each other in the the semi-finals as well. I hope not.
3: I'd like to see the English teams get to the semi-finals. That'd be good, wouldn't it? But um, you know, personally, I wouldn't want to play the
4: license. I disagree with you there. I think the only only English team they perhaps don't want to play. Is City, yeah, I, th- I think they'd fancy themselves against Spurs or well, Liverpool. He, of course, went would to Wembley and won, and I think he'd fancy it against Liverpool. But, well. Well, yeah. Would
2: they not fancy it against City now, given the given the way that they're playing, given the way that we know that City this season? Look at the Newcastle game. Look at the Palace game. If you get under the skin, City are beatable this season. Potentially, but,
3: yeah. I'd rather play a polo To be honest with you. Um, Juve or Barca, Juve might even go through, you know, Atletico ahead in that one. No, so. I, th- I think
4: Juve will go out. You th- yeah,
3: um, you know, they got, they got to get two goals back first of all, haven't they? Not impossible, of course, when you've got Ronaldo in the team, but Atletico defensively are solid. Yeah. <laughs> they really are, so it's going to be a tough old task. But um, yeah, I mean, whoever they play, it's not in easy games anymore, are they? Yeah, <laughs> Throw yeah, that cliche out yeah. there.
2: Uh, you mentioned uh, complacency. Another team who potentially suffered from complacency this week was Real Madrid, obviously going out to Ajax. Um, getting battered by Ajax oh, in brilliant. the end, and this is man. This is an Ajax team who, uh, literally a month ago, got had, got six put past them get back against Feyenoord domestically. So this is this is not you know your absolute oh. top notch Ajax team. But I mean, what what happened to Real Madrid? Well, I mean, Real Madrid, or, I think it's been a long time coming since Zidane left
3: and since Ronaldo left. I think that club. I think they were lucky to win the Real, um, Champions League, you know, three years in a row. Obviously, there's been an element of quality and class to it particularly the first season um, last year I think they were lucky because Carius basically hands it to them I think Liverpool should have won that game um, but Real Madrid haven't invested as Real Madrid should have done they, they've lost this mentality of buying Galacticos where that's gone who knows and whether they'll ever get to that point again I'm not sure but the the club is for me in a crisis and they just don't know where to go they need to keep hold of a manager longer than 5 minutes and they need to have some sort of you know identity and the only identity they've had over the years is buying mega stars and they can't sustain that haven't got the money so the club's in a crisis because the fans they are not having a president anymore they want him out of the door um, the manager's useless and you know he's just a sitting duck really and he'll go almost certainly any time soon probably in the summer at the end of the season the players half of them don't want to be there anymore Marcelo's you know he's, he's, he's on the way out Gareth Bale is definitely going to go somewhere although who can afford his wages we'll see um, and you know the They've just got they've got young players there that kind of need a new sort of breed of Galacticos around them to inspire, really. Um, but Ramos, for me, he's, he's the biggest culprit of that team. He got himself banned yeah. deliberately so he could play the next game, and it's backfired spectacularly.
4: But yeah. in, in in fairness to him, he did ask the bench, "Do you want me to do it?" So they ultimately made the decision. Yeah, poor Mm -hmm. management, Um, poor from him as well. I I think it comes back to complacency. It does. I think the problem they've got is that, you know, this was a, one team was tactically set up and was smart players, performing above themselves, but knew their roles, knew what they were doing. Real Madrid team were just 11 players put on the pitch and said, go play like this. Um, I think personality gets you a long way, as we've seen with them, having the best players and having leaders in recent years have, has won them this trophy yeah. um, but this time you, Zidane's gone obviously Ronaldo your, your big goal scorer who shows up in the big moments he's gone your two key men in recent years Sergio Ramos suspended and as you say Marcelo he, he's an outcast yeah. now. he came up huge last year I'm thinking against Bayern Munich in particular Yeah, um, and whatever you say defensively about him he's one of the best attacking players in world football from left back and yeah. um, and yet they're just all swept to the side, so it's it's no wonder this kind of this vacuum there where they've just fallen by the wayside. It's a team that's getting old together. It's a team that needs a lot of surgery. It did yeah, um, mm. and they were just comprehensively outplayed. Yeah. Ajax ran a there. Dusan Tadic with one of the best performances <laughs> you'll see, um, as
3: you wrote uh, the other day. You know he's one of the few players to get a ten out of ten rating in Le keep yeah. he,
4: he was outstanding um, playing as a centre forward, but just being given the license to go wherever the hell he wanted. Mm and he some of the touches and the turns Frankie no. de Jong in midfield owned Luka Modric it, 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 and it's not often you say that about anyone there's
2: Do, a great little clip of Frankie de Jong that BT Sport posted like first of all he's strong wins the ball then he's got great footwork then he's got the pace to get away from that and you just think what a phenomenal footballer he he, he, t- could, he could be because obviously you've well, got to remember how young he is it takes the things to well.
3: come for Real Madrid because he's going to Barcelona isn't he Yeah, and he's yeah. going He's
4: going to the right place
3: yeah, yeah. A, a place that simple. again steeped in Dutch traditions don't forget yeah. with Joanne Cruyff and um with what he did and Barcelona I love that club because throughout throughout the whole club they've got that identity and that ethos about playing football the right way and what they preach to the first team goes right down to the the under sevens you know (laughs) Yeah. incredible yeah. Real Madrid haven't got that
2: yeah uh, one other name um, I just want to mention from the Ajax side is uh, Zayek. is it Hakim Hakim is his first yeah, name yeah, Hakim, yeah. Hakim Zayac just because there was one little bit of skill that I, I, I watched about I always buy him on Football Manager his uh, quality yeah I have bought him in the past but there's one little bit of skill that he did that I I watched about 20 times on loop where he just did Hal. it was a little like trying <laughs> back and uh, on the touchline yeah, yeah, yeah it was David Neres Oh, was it? Was it? Was it Ozzyak? It's embarrassing oh, for you, isn't it? Yeah. That, that, okay. Fair enough. Either way, <laughs> both good players, right? <laughs> uh, fair enough. But, uh, sorry, I thought I, 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 I thought it was that, like, but either way, that that one was I mean, no, yeah,
4: phenomenal. The, the guy that scored, uh, did, he scored the first goal, didn't he? Yeah.
2: He well, he, he scored yeah. the one where uh, after Tadic's. Um, his roulette really uh, touch his little yeah. run and then uh, kind of talk it around the, the, the goalkeeper I've got to say
3: going back to Real Madrid's management though I mean the whole thing's been a far since Zidane left Lopetegui I mean got sacked before the World Cup because that was such a the way it was handled and since then he was on a hide into nothing um, and now you're talking about Jose Mourinho going back I mean that's a massive step backwards and <laughs> It does. I mean, Mourinho for me, I, I just honestly, I think he's had better days. I think Man United have shown him up big time. Yeah. I just don't think he's the right answer for Real Madrid. I think they need to go completely back to basics. But then, if you're talking about buying Galacticos then perhaps Mourinho is your man I mean mayb- maybe he's the one you know he likes to spend money but I wouldn't trust him with, with money look what he's done at Man United yeah
2: um, we also say Tottenham obviously through apologies Tottenham fans that we haven't talked about you but we do need to uh, just kind of power on through now uh, Tottenham were excellent um, yeah, across yeah. the two legs. Uh, again, not conceding against that a team that two games
3: most really, really wouldn't good. want to draw they really wouldn't and that, yeah. the draw's next Friday isn't it
2: yeah yeah so um very, uh, very, very good for Tottenham, and obviously Porto getting through. Uh, kind of uh, turning the turning the table on that tie. You want to draw that, that? was another. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you'd you'd <laughs> fancy Porto you'd in the next hate. round. You yeah. can see us in Galway yeah. 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 getting another performance. Yeah. More VAR controversy in that game. Um, yeah, I mean, go watch it for yourselves, make your own judgments. Definitely a pen pulls his shirt. Um, and I, I, I'm angling towards penalty. Yeah, I think it's soft, but it's a foul. I think that's the can't pull a shirt in the box. Yeah, true. Sure true um but yeah moving on premier league this weekend uh, we've obviously talked loads about manchester united manchester united are playing in the big game this weekend they're going to arsenal uh, so i want to talk a little bit about arsenal very briefly um they're on a great run of form um and i kind of feel like people are almost not taking them that seriously as a top four team i feel like people maybe haven't noticed that they've yeah they they've to turn the season back on track, and they have. I, think I do think they,
3: they, they stuttered massively on last Saturday at Wembley. That was such a massive opportunity. Aaron Ramsey gets them into the game, brilliant goal to start with. But a he's got a penalty to win the game in the dying moments. For me, that was, I think, that could be the turning point. And they play, they play against Wren um, away, which is a nice Europa League tie for them. But I, I, I'd fancy Manchester United to beat Arsenal in this moment in time because they're not ruthless enough and we saw Manchester United they they batter them in the FA Cup off all and Arsenal just need that element of ruthlessness, I think, and they just lack like that right now.
2: Yeah. Alex, do you agree with that? Arsenal not ruthless enough, or, or yeah. obviously with a even even with the front line of Lacazette and and, and Aubameyang, you do almost kind of think. That, I mean, they should scream ruthlessness, really, shouldn't
4: they? Well, Aubameyang's never been a uh, he's always been a good goal scorer, but he's never been ruthless. He's al- he always takes a couple of chances to to get his goals, but he's he's that quick and his movements that good that he always gets a couple of chances. Yeah. Um, I think looking at this game, to me, it just looks like the FA Cup game over again. I think United go there, they'll be well organised, they'll know exactly what they're doing, they'll plan the counter-attack and they will take their chances when they come, because you can't trust this Arsenal defence. They did well against Spurs, I thought they performed very well. But all too often with them, they raise their game for certain teams and others they don't. usually it's against the top sides but United seem to be the top side but it doesn't really work for them as I said I would expect another game similar to the FA Cup
2: Yeah. Um, Elsewhere um, top of the table uh, Manchester City unlike last week's podcast um, are now top Uh, obviously they've overtaken Liverpool after Liverpool's stutter in the Merseyside derby City play first this weekend so can now extend their lead at the top they've got Watford at home Uh, can anybody see any, any problems for City against Watford or or have Watford maybe learnt lessons from the hammering they had at Anfield a couple of weeks back? I think Watford are a decent side, but I, I would
4: assume that City will be too good for them. Um, and I think it will be, especially if City score. You know, if they score in the first 20 minutes, then they'll go on and win comfortably. Um, Watford are resilient, defend well. Troy Deeney's having an excellent season. Gerard De La Faye, who's found himself a little niche playing as a centre-forward. Um, but I think City right now, as we get towards the the real business end of the season I think they're just about to kick it up again yeah
3: this is where they really show their class couldn't agree more about their um, what for they're in that cluster of clubs who, who could potentially finish 7th you know you've got Wolves who are flying as well West Ham are knocking on the door if they can beat Cardiff um, Saturday there we go there's me West Ham mentioning in this week's <laughs> podcast um, but no I can't see any problems for City and it puts more pressure on Liverpool um, we play. we play on Sunday
2: Yeah, Uh, Liverpool obviously playing some days, as we mentioned, they've got Burnley. Burnley having a very good time at the moment. They've turned uh, it round, haven't they? uh, Big time. The only game they've lost in this calendar year, bear in mind we're we're now into March, was against Manchester City in the FA Cup. They're unbeaten in every other game. It's a phenomenal turnaround for for Burnley. Um, Do you reckon Jurgen Klopp's a little bit concerned going into this one? Is it at Turf Moor? No, it's at Anfield. Liverpool win then. But Burnley went. It, Burnley went to Old Trafford. Were,
4: were it at Turf Moor, I would think that they would give them a good going and possibly get a draw. But I think Liverpool, needing the results at home, will will be able to get it out of the bag.
3: Yeah. yeah. Fancy Peter Crouch to uh, do the robot at Anfield one last time. The, the one interesting thing. <laughs> <I> love that <laughs> in front of the cop.
4: Uh, the one interesting thing for both of is obviously, Champions League next week, and you know Liverpool tie very much in the balance going definitely. to fire and it's nil nil. Yeah, I uh, think so. Do you, do you rotate or not?
2: Yeah, yeah, so uh, a lot of questions there for Liverpool. Uh, some other great fixtures this weekend uh, Chelsea Wolves, I mean, potentially, you know, a, a real, real good game on Sunday. Uh, Palace Brighton, yeah, i like LZ, to look at that. So the, um, the Derby, that's not actually a Derby, but, you know, they call it a Derby. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's got a lot of implications for the bottom of the table. Uh, Palace fan who's uh, working with us at the moment says um, says that if they win this game, he thinks they're safe. Which is I think Palace uh,
4: pretty safe already. Yeah, yeah it? safe. Yeah. Brighton,
2: had a, Brighton looked struggling and had a good win last week. They did, yeah, yeah. Until last week, uh, I, I think the stat was that Brighton were the only team in the football league not to win in this calendar year. Um, so yeah, um, they they needed that one. Yes, it was only Huddersfield, but you just need to beat anyone when you're on. They're bone free. Without that, yeah, doubt. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Cardiff West Ham uh, another game, uh, Huddersfield Bournemouth, Leicester Fulham, Newcastle take on Everton, and Southampton Tottenham. Uh, they're the three p.m. kickoffs. Um, there' um, a little mention for outside of the Premier League as well. Uh, first of all We'll just mention The Sheffield derby That we got a big Billing for On last uh, week's podcast awful. By James Whaling One of um, the
4: worst Football matches I've yeah, sat in And
2: why are we Talking about it now you well, know. Well, He sat here And he was like It'll be <laughs> great All you know, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be Hammer and tong It's going to be this Superb football match, and my god, it was dreadful. So this weekend, Aston Villa versus Birmingham, hey. we have another big Championship derby. It's a proper derby, and um, uh, this one's at Birmingham. Um, mm. I've got to say, if it's anything like the one earlier this season, which I thought was a fantastic game of football, and up there were the best games I watched on TV this season, it's potentially going to be a great game. Uh, Alex, um, well, I got um, I got a text from Robbie Savage earlier, and
3: um, he reckons Birmingham will beat him two one. Hey.
4: Of course he does. He's, he's a former he, Birmingham player. He he's to, not exactly impartial. Yeah, Robbie has to uh, say
3: that. And he's got, also, just to give you a bit of a, a sneak peek into Sav's predictions, which will be live on the Mirror website for this weekend, but he's back in Arsenal to beat Manchester
2: United 2-1. Mm. So tell us what you think about that. Controversial. Very, very controversial. Um, and 2-0 West Ham. Good, good yeah, on Sav. It's a, yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, um, from Aston Villa, Birmingham perspective Alex, from what you you know of these two teams uh, how do you see this one going? Birmingham being so hard to beat this season um, really impressed with what Gary
4: Monk has actually done there um, a manager who I have had some pretty not horrible things to say about in the past but I, I never really rated some of his work but he's doing terrific Che Adams, real Premier League interest in him because he's having an outstanding season and they're in that playoff hunt um, Villa go there on the back of a big win over Derby last week. If you haven't seen Jack Grealish's goal, it's well worth digging out. Yeah. Um, Inspiration from Scholes down that same end. Yeah. That sort of thing, wasn't yeah. it? Somehow, they are still clinging on to a playoff challenge of their own. I'm not sure how, because their defence has been dreadful for the most part of this season. And I think if, if this game is tight, I would lean towards Birmingham purely on the basis that they have strikers in form and that Villa defence is far from secure. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Che Adams. Um, uh, a few years back, I did a few uh, n- uh, non-league players who will you know, be the next Jamie Vardy. Non- so, non-league, Aaron. So I think. not know you were a fan. I know, I am. <laughs> um, and um, Che Adams is one of the names that I put in, in one of them pieces. And I've not yet had one of them players that actually make it to the Premier League, so I could do with him making it. Just I think so, just, will. So, just so I have a little bit of a hit if,
4: rate. If it's not with Birmingham he'll be there this summer I would say because he's he's got everything his Mm. pace quick scores goals strong works channels can bully defenders as well Mm. he's got a really good all round game and I think he's ideal for a club in the lower half you know that 8th to, yeah. to 20 if any club there who are looking for a lone striker he's yeah. really really coming along
2: yeah uh, he also ruined one of my days Our ill at Ilkeston with a last minute equaliser once so uh, I've not forgotten that Che if you're listening um, but guys thank you very much uh, really uh, really, uh, <laughs> I wonder uh, who he is yeah. brilliant um, really really good Potter pod, I, I enjoyed that I also enjoyed the Manchester United uh, discussion as well um, if you don't subscribe to us already uh, you can get us on Acast iTunes Spotify Wherever you get your podcast from, uh, we will be back uh, next week. I'm glad you've enjoyed Sheep it. Glad we've entertained I, you. It, it, it is. I am technically in work on my day off doing this, so you know oh, right, so I you had go. to enjoy myself, didn't I? Listen,
3: if I had That's a clock for the amount of hours I've done, uh, so anyway, let's move on. Yeah, well,
4: I don't really <laughs> want to talk about his trip abroad. So. Yeah, exactly. He's
2: going yeah. to Hong Kong, everyone. Yeah, yeah. I'll straight to the airport from here. Um, but um, yeah, we will be back. I think we'll be back next week. I mean, the, the, it depends it, if you're in here. I don't want to it, disturb you on your day off or anything. We'll
0: have a new office as well. Yeah,
2: I think it depends on the logistics of the new office. So hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed, we'll be back next week. But if, if why don't you record one if, from Chilham if we're not back? I'm, well I mean it'll be a little ropey. <laughs> i Now you fur my attention. <laughs> <laughs> I might I might record one, but you know um the words might be a little slurred. Um, you know, but you know, we we're professionals, we don't record podcasts when we're drunk. Um so yeah. Thanks guys. Appreciate that. Uh we, Are we be allowed be to do that next week. Ah. Nobody
3: said anything. Someone yeah. from HR might be listening, so I'm yes. going to go with, well, we'll no, go, we can't go. do that. Yeah, there
2: we go. There we go. There's, the, there's the authority right there. Guys, thank you very much. Uh, we will hopefully see you all uh, next week. See you later.
0: This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love.
1: Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent ACAST app or wherever else you get your podcasts.
0: ACAST is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts. This is ACAST Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love.
1: Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis.